On today's episode of DMS Cast, we're going to dive into blended learning and personalized learning with interviews from Dr. Bonnie Gifford, Christina Corser of Highlander Institute, Carl Robidoux, our associate principal, and Lisa King, one of our teachers. So here we go. Too, because like I tend to do like a lot of run-on sentences, you know, like all I like the first one. Why? Because it's like very detailed and like they talk about how it, it's unusually hot. You can more like tell their tone by the exclamation points and all that. So blended learning is a formal education program that combines active engaged learning online with active engaged learning in the classroom. And the benefit is that students have some control over the time and the place and also the pace of their learning. So what you just heard was Catlin Tucker, who's a leading educator in kind of the blended learning movement. Um, we figured it'd be a good idea to kind of define blended learning before we got into the episode. Yeah, so you have a better understanding of it. when we're, I mean, this whole podcast is about blended learning, right. so you're going to keep hearing the term. Right, right, yeah. You're going to hear, ter- the, I mean, the term's all over the place, and it, sometimes in education you hear terms a lot, and if you don't know the exact definition, it kind of just gets confusing. So we figured we'd define it. Um, and also, you know, discuss kind of why we, we wanted to do an episode like this. And I think for both Temple and I, a lot of it just comes down to blended learning is, is a learning style that seems to be working right. for us at the middle school, seems to be getting the kids engaged. You could hear in the clip, kids were talking back and forth. Um, you know, it, it kind of not forces group work on kids, but it kind of forces kids together, maybe to discuss topics in class that they generally wouldn't. Sometimes it leads to side conversations, which isn't a bad thing at all either. You know, maybe they'll start talking about some personal stuff on the side with each other and then get right back into the work. Um, Yeah. So I think of the blended as, okay, you're blending in that active learning conversation and then adding in the technology. Yeah. And it it kind of makes it, I guess, real lost in the Something that I would think that connects with the kids where, you know, we, we hear all this talk about social media. Well, blended learning is kind of social learning because you're, you're working with groups in, in most cases and you're, you're working with... Developing skills. Right, and communicating and, 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 and getting all this stuff um, from, from classmates, not just the teacher, which I think the kids really, really do enjoy and really buy into. Yes, and the other thing you'll hear about a little bit is personalized learning. And there's right. a few people that will we'll get into that a little bit. I think that one's a little bit under easier to understand yeah that's yeah basically as just opposed to kids learning at their own pace blended. right it's kids deciding the activity lots of times um how they want to learn is a huge thing in personalized learning uh how fast they want to learn is another thing so you'll you'll hear some of these terms thrown around so we just thought it was important to to define it for you um but also tell you that you know it's it's, it's working here at the middle school and yeah. it seems to be trending the right way Hope you learn about what we're doing as well as what's out there. So, All right. so without further ado, here is Bonnie Gifford, our superintendent of Dartmouth Public Schools. On the podcast today, we have Dr. Bonnie Gifford, superintendent of Dartmouth Public Schools, and uh, she's joining us to talk about blended learning, specifically um, our partnerships with uh, Highlander Institute and how it all kind of came about. Yeah, so we're working hard to add blended learning into both of the schools Um, Can you tell us how the partnership with Highlander Institute came about? Sure. Actually, it's interesting because when we first started investigating Highlander itself, we really weren't thinking blended learning at the time. Uh, It started off with a discussion with the high school about um, creating pathways Mm-hmm. for students in the mm-hmm. computer science, engineering, et cetera, and to really open up opportunities for kids. And through our discussion with them, we found out more work that they could do, which was right. in the blended and personalized learning. Uh, so we uh, created uh, a contract with them mm-hmm. and started the work with the high school, as you know, and then at the middle school. And really, the middle school's blended learning and personalized learning uh, professional development really took off really nicely, right. just what we wanted to see. Yeah, I was part of that first group, and I had a blast. Um, it was it was a, a really interesting experience to get to not only learn about these things with Highland Institute, but also to go in other people's classrooms and kind of see what it looks like right. and how we could tweak lessons and add to and take away from. And it was a, it was a really great experience. Yeah, I know everyone I, I came was, away with a different yeah. experience, but yep. a, a positive one. Mm-hmm. And what could you know moving forward? Right, right. Which right. was really, really great. And one of the things we, as we saw happening with Highlander was, you know, their, their real push is to um, create innovative learning environments mm-hmm. for Definitely. kids. Because yeah. as we know, 
the world is changing so quickly (laughs) that we really have to reach out and and really provide those opportunities for them to um, experience environments that they uh, can become collaborative Mm -hmm. and problem solvers and critical thinkers. And, and so, um, yeah, so Highlander is that, that's the, that's our big focus. So we stuck with them. Right. Right. Absolutely. Michael Klein was with us last year and um, that's the way I felt about his, you know, how he worked with the cohorts is that he was always one step ahead, if not three steps ahead of what was going on and what was the best for the classroom. Yeah. And he was also, he was super positive. He's a big nodder. You can't, you can't see it because it's a podcast, but he's kind of like a a head guy. He'd always agreed with you. Yeah. Super positive. And, uh, but he would come with these ideas and, and for me, because you know, I was teaching digital literacy. So Mm -hmm. I have a one-to-one classroom anyways. And, uh, it's easy for me, but it, it was ama- it amazed me how easy he made it for the other teachers just to embrace it. Because I think lots of times when you, get, when you hear something new like blended learning, I mean, I've been teaching for 12 years mm-hmm. at this point, and there seems like there's all these different things that come up, but blended learning seems to be the one that makes the most sense for the types of kids that we teach yeah. now, right? And you know, if we had it five years ago, it probably would have made a huge difference too. So yeah. it's nice to see, you know, especially Dartmouth. I've said this forever. Dartmouth always feels way ahead of the trend. Um, right. when it comes to education and what we're doing and the technology and, and how we use it and how we don't use it, I think is also important. Um, but right. it, it's just, it's really an amazing thing to see kind of unfold as, it is. as and, it's And developing. you mentioned the one-to-one yep. and of course we're, the whole district is moving towards right. that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But the important thing for folks to know, of course, it's really about the instructional practices right. and that, absolutely. of course, the computers, mm-hmm. the technology, whatever it is, these podcasts, et right. cetera, right. are just tools to exactly. create that magic in the classrooms. Right. And, and um, that was that was absolutely that was my favorite yeah. part of, of the Highlander was just kind of seeing how we could all use it. And that right. was that was really it was it's not just a website. It's not just sticking a kid on a Chromebook. It's really um, kind no, of diving. There's way it. more sure. depth yeah, yeah, to yeah. it, right? I mean, it'd be great if, you know, if the computer was a babysitter. Yeah. Oh, nice, quiet classroom. But that's not what the blended learning is at yeah. all. It's definitely, it's, it's a collaborative room. It's partnerships mm-hmm. with the kids. You develop relationships with your students and they develop relationships with each other. And it really has been a positive experience. And I know the kids love it for, you know, for a fact, because they tell me every time right. they come in, right. they do their work. Mm-hmm. I, I've never had kids do so much work, right. you know, um, you know, besides the blended learning type lessons. So it's, it's been a real positive experience, I think, yeah. for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So we're going into our second year of the cohorts now, but as far as um, moving forward, do you have particular goals set out for mm-hmm. the district? Yeah, that's a great question. And again, I don't want people to think that we're, you know, it's a whole new initiative. It's just really strengthening what we already Mm -hmm. do. So that's important to remember. But as you said, the middle school is moving into its second year with cohorts and really um, strengthening, as I just said, their uh, instructional practices. The high school is really starting that work with that blended learning model Mm -hmm. now, because a lot of the work last year was, again, uh, to develop the pathways to really create a curriculum and pathways for kids to be right. involved in. They know intentional pathways. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to major in sure. computer science, et cetera. So now the blended learning piece um, work will yep. certainly help with that. Um, as an aside, or I guess actually next steps, we've also just engaged with, um, it's AASA, the American Association of Superintendents, mm-hmm. uh, and also um, Bill Daggett, mm-hmm. who Absolutely. you all heard oh, yes. opening Absolutely. day yes. about creative and innovative teaching. Uh, we've sent, we've, we have, uh, starting with a group, um, it's K-8 right now, six of us went off to Ohio, so mm-hmm. we're engaged in this um, partnership, Absolutely. Uh, Innovative and Transformational ne- Leadership yep. Network. And what our next step is, so we, uh, I should back up. So we went to Ohio, we started the work there, and it's like really setting the direction, this direction that we're right. talking about. And then we're going to reach out. We have ambassadors. I believe some of yep. you, you I both think, might I think be ambassadors. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excited to do so it. So our next, we met yesterday and our next step is now to get you all in. Yep. And so this is the direction we, uh, th- we call it the GPS statement. Mm-hmm. So people can clearly understand what the heck are we doing? Right. Sure. Where are you going? Right. So with that work, that's just going to be more work to continue to strengthen what we're doing already. So so that we've got the Highlander, we've got the partnership. It's going to be a year long. And you can, I mean, you can tell it's paying off because Mm -hmm. even I I coach my daughter's hockey team and the team that comes on after us Mm -hmm. actually has a former student on it. He's like one of the assistant coaches or one of the helpers. And so we're skating around one day kind of in the, in between practices. And he looks at me and he says, Hey, Mr. Bulge, you know, 
thanks for the hyperdocs and teaching your class the way I did. And I said, why? And he's like, oh, because that's kind of what we do at the high school now. Like, so I was prepared right. for it. And right. that's one of the first times I've ever heard a kid say, hey, thanks for yeah, teaching thank me you. what you taught me. I was like, Instead yeah, no of, problem. we didn't learn that before. Right, yeah, right. Oh, that, 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 that's <laughs> the kiss of death, right? Yeah. We, never, we had so we much fun, but we never learned anything. That. Yeah, right. But that so it's, it's paying off. I think yeah. the dividends are really starting to show because right. the kids seem super prepared. Then that's only going to make it better right. when, you know, hopefully one day the colleges adopt the model that the that the, the middle and, right. and, you know, elementary and high schools are doing because it seems to be the way to go. Exactly. Right, yep. Exactly. And, and, and it's so true. As you just said, the students are so engaged. They don't want to right. stop learning. Right. But we're giving them ownership over their learning. It's, it's that, not that, that personalized. Constant, right. Exactly. You know, we're not filling their bucket. And they've right. already been in this yeah. age of technology. Right. So right. They're exploring. Right. And, exactly. And, Finding out the answers themselves. We, right. we want them to grapple with stuff. Right. Right. Struggle yeah. a little bit and, and learn on your own. Learners. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, and, we- uh, carry on. More power to blended learning. Right? Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's going well. So I'm, I'm assuming the trend is going to stay the same way, which is a good thing for Absolutely. us. So thank you very much, Dr. Gifford. And uh, we appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. So with us now on the podcast uh, is Christina Corser from the Highlander Institute. Welcome to the podcast, Christina. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. So Christina is with the Highlander Institute, um, which has been working with the uh, Dartmouth Public School System for two years now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So um, as in my previous life, I was a teacher. Um, so I still, as many teachers out there know, will always consider myself a teacher. And I can say that some things have have changed and switching over to working with the Highlander and coaching um, adults rather than kids. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the things stay the same. So some one of the things that Highlander Institute does very well is works with a district where they need to be met, um, where with individual schools where, you know, their needs are. Um, and we just work with teachers who improve their improve their practice to ultimately personalize learning for kids. So we talk a lot about buzzwords and how you know, it's easy to just kind of turn your brain off to what they actually mm-hmm. mean in practice. Um, and two of those are blended and personalized learning. So blended learning is the best of teachers, technology, and data to inform those two practices. Yep. And with the goal to ultimately personalize the learning experience for each of the, you know, varied individuals in a classroom. Sure. So we're really just yeah. talking about getting down to the student level. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Nice. Well, I know you're working with two new cohorts because we had a couple of cohorts <laughs> last year, um, but you have two new cohort, cohorts this year. And so coming into the building, though, how do you get started? How do you set the tone with the, the new teachers that are there that have never met you, that really haven't um, seen anything other than maybe the previous year cohort come into their classroom? Right. So how do you get started? Uh, So the cheap answer is it's different for every building, every school, every cohort. Um, But the one universal thing is to 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 listen first. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely the the most helpful thing is having um, a point person. So Carl here at the the middle school and Ross and Rachel over the high school are invaluable Um, just because it's it's challenging to interrupt the the day to day, the you know, the grind that teachers are going through right. with their students every day, yep. even if you're, if, if you're coming in with the intent to help, you're still an interruption. Um, so I, my goal is always to be, um, you know, as, as smooth and, and non-invasive as possible mm-hmm. um, sure. when first meeting a, a cohort of teachers. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, okay, you're coming in as almost as an outsider and you've mm-hmm. got to right. come into this, you know, building and have somewhat of a plan of attack. So I can see where the administration would. Right. And teachers are very protective about stuff like that, anyways. Yeah. They're not, we're not usually an easy group to please. Right. <laughs> usually, although, although. Teachers are probably the worst students. We volunteered ever. <laughs> for this. So, right, we do, yeah. You know, yeah. So they, luckily. They've yeah. said to Carl that, yes, I want to be part of that, or, you know, to Ross, this is what I want to be part right. of. So, yeah, I actually, I, I participated in the one last year with Mike Klein, and it was a, it was a really good experience. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've heard you're a tricky character. No, I'm I just am. kidding. No, I do. We, 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 we put Mike through his paces, I think, me and uh, Shane Fennessy. We definitely, yeah, we're no. interesting cats. That's what we do. Oh, um, Mike speaks so fondly of working with no, it was uh, great. the middle school last year. It was a really good experience. And I think it, I could see though how it could be daunting for some people to do it because 
I think one of the biggest problems that teachers face is that idea of letting go. So mm -hmm. like even just stepping out of your room for two periods in one day, um, it's a difficult thing. I think a lot, you know, I, I didn't, right. I have a class that kind of runs itself at this point. The kids are real good about coming and getting work done, but for a, you know, academic teacher or something, I could see that being a real challenge. So it's good that you come in you try to minimize that. And, and I think that's probably a positive experience. I think this year it's a little different too, because I think Michael was just working with one year long. Right. We did the cohort, whole year. And this yeah. year this they decided yeah. kind of drive. broke it down right. into two sessions, I believe. Right. Um, so, but I think that was, you know, something that they recognized that we don't need as much time um, to, because we have, ha we've had that cohort already. Right. right? right we've seen right. a little bit of that and we've, we're doing a lot of it in the classrooms anyway. Yeah, no, we are. So, and that's what, so I'm fresh from a debrief of yep. um, a blended learning lesson with the, the ELA team, stream team. And one of the things that, that Kathy brought up was, you know, you don't really know what it looks like until you see it. And right. it's really hard to right. plan for something right. that you can't yeah. visualize, <clears throat> excuse me, and apply to your practice. So it's this, you you really have to kind of take this leap of faith right. <laughs> and, and sure. trust a stranger coming into your building saying, this is going to improve things. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I, I think having that, having that lead change agent in a building, the, the people who can help kind of coordinate the logistics on the side yeah. being the other thing that set you guys up for successes allowing people to opt in or opt out. You're, mm -hmm. This isn't a mandated sure. thing. Just right. Right. come if you want to, come if you're ready and just have these conversations. Yeah. Um, and even though you volunteer, you still have that feeling of vulnerability. You know, oh gosh, what's going to happen? Am I going to do it right? But they're, like you said, right. you know, this you kind of have to feel it out and there's no real, real right and wrong way to do it. It's just about what works for you and your students. Well, so. and I think that's why the cohort works so well is that you have people volunteering to do it. So you yeah. have the people who are just like, you know, the last year's group just ready to jump in with both feet, see what happens. And then maybe the second year's group, is, you know, we were able to relay information to them through PDs and things that we yep. brought out of it. Right. So they go, oh, they're a little bit more comfortable. So maybe people want to dip a toe in to use the pool analogy again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, maybe even next year, depending on what it looks like, you can get even more people involved and have, you know, group PDs. It, it, it really was a good, I, I just, I, I've always spoken uh, really highly about it. I have friends that are, you know, important people in other districts and, um, you know, it's assistant superintendents. They always ask me, Oh, how was you spread the word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I say, Oh, I had a great right. experience doing it. And, um, I would recommend it to anybody. So it was a really, really yeah. fun thing to do. And that's, that's great to hear from me because I never, I just remember that feeling so vividly as a teacher of getting to this point <clears> in the year, feeling like I have so much left to accomplish right. with my students that, I can't afford to have a sub come in for right. two periods and right. teach a class. Right. That. Right. But it, it's that, you know, the, the whole trend for self-care yep. right now, um, treat yourself. That's what I hope that this will be for people yeah. ultimately is take a break, take a look at what you're doing and try it's something a great that you want to look do. at it. Right. Absolutely. A weird version of self-care for teachers. No, and it's yeah. true. Haven't, yeah. I'll be honest. Some of those days <laughs> I look at my classes and be like, mm, I don't mind missing this one. <laughs> I don't mind missing this one. Uh, but I always had work ready. Yeah. It was never just leaving anybody hanging. I actually have a question now. The more we've been talking about it, so Highlander is kind of they, they the blended learning is like your thing. Blended and personalized learning is like Highlander's thing. But why blended learning? Like essentially, why that? Like why not? I mean, if you've been teaching for more than five years, right? You've probably seen fifty different styles at this point. Yeah. So why do you think Highlander backs and? really studies and participates in the blended learning aspect of education. So you're setting me up for a real slam dunk here. Okay. Oh, well, that was an easy one. Oh, good. That was those of you listening, this is not a scripted Just an question. off the cuff question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we are currently engaging in these conversations around what is our thing. Yeah. Um, and I think our, our thing is, is less blended learning and more personalized learning. Mm -hmm. And if I had to take a step further, it's, it's equity. It's an equitable and just educational system. We okay. know that there are some things that are broken and we know that some districts just luck of the draw, luck of the yeah. luck of the layout of the state and the geography. Yeah, just where have you're born, a right? Basically. Yeah. Right. Really, you have a different life experience based on where you happen to be. And we think that's wrong. So yeah. one of the steps that we try to take there is to get to take to get to an equitable and just system is through personalized learning. Because mm -hmm. if you're considering the individual in your classroom, you're not just launching content at a room and hoping it sticks to a select right. few. You're right. really thinking about the people in front of you. Um, and one of the vehicles of personalized learning to just get people to try something new 
is blended learning. We yeah. know that tech can make people's jobs easier. And right. we know that right. as personalized learning is the ultimate goal and both the ultimate challenge. But personalizing yeah. learning for a set of 30 or 30 times five periods a day right. or more, um, like that that feels like an impossible mountain to climb. But we know that technology can make that easier. So right. that's kind of where blended learning right. has become our our thing, mm -hmm. but our ultimate goal is really this bigger idea of we can make it better. We can make this system better for our kids. Sure. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of articles out right now. <laughs> Actually, I just read one this morning that was just about personalized learning and what is it and can it be accomplished? And I know this, it said um, the state of Maine mm -hmm. has jumped right into it. Um, and some people jumped right into it and realized, nope, this isn't for us. And then some schools right. said there's no turning back. Right. Yeah. We are sticking to this, and this is what what works for our students, and so we're keeping it. Well, I love the idea of personalized learning, personalized learning, rather, only because when I first, I've been teaching for 12 years now, and my first year I taught at an alternative school in Providence, uh, Tides Family Services, which was like, I always used to say it's like the last stop on the T, like when you can't go anywhere else, <laughs> you came to us. So, and I, every day I'd have to come in, and I'd have to, we used to, it was different, I can't say that word right now. Differentiated. Differentiated learning. <laughs> I couldn't say the word. And we'd have to make specific lessons for, we had about 18 or 19 <coughs> kids in the, in the school. Um, but you could tell, like, when you really allowed the students to have things like student choice, when you made a lesson that was really tailored to them and, you know, you allowed them to maybe bring some of their life experiences and all the things that kind of make personalized learning great, it really makes a difference it was positive it was a right. even even if it's you know i've always i'm a big feelings guy i guess uh <laughs> not in a, in a in a bad way but Never you know I, I think you know if a kid can have a little bit of fun in your class it's a positive class like if you make a kid smile probably a good thing once a day right so even the personalized learning if you can get a kid to smile that traditionally wouldn't do it or would hate that the the subject you're learning will be bored to tears you make him giggle a little bit by allowing broken them down a little bit of possibly a a wall that right yeah been there. yeah and then if they it's might, math right. and they don't feel good about learning math and no, just because me, of yeah. past experiences yeah. uh -huh. but yet you've brought in something that you know kind of they can right. adjust and right. they understand it better it just makes such a huge difference it really does make a huge <laughs> right i don't know again i get touchy-feely i'm like you know <laughs> i'd rather kid come in and laugh every day then sit there and, you know, if, if, if you laughed as opposed to, to learning something today, maybe we can try again tomorrow. But it, it, the, the blended and personalized learning really, to me, from what I see, because I, I use it in my class. Again, I'm a one-to-one -one classroom and I have all the bells and whistles that I need. But, you know, it, it does make a huge difference in, in the way the kids feel about what they learn. It's not just not here just to learn anymore. It's they're taking ownership. They're buying into it. And you can tell that it makes a difference to them when you give them a little bit of a little personal touch to it. it is nice and one of the challenges i think in making that jump like once you do it you're you're not turning back yeah, right, because you know right. it's best for kids yeah. but to make that in, to take that initial leap one of the questions i would challenge challenge any teacher with is how do you know your kids are getting it right how do you know that what you've just shared with right. them right. for you know maybe maybe it's a 30 minute lecture maybe it's a lecture that takes a whole class but yeah. either way if a teacher's holding all of the work if a teacher's doing all the heavy lifting verbs in the class right, right. and the students are taking the kind of the passive actions, reassess and figure out how, how do you know that they're really getting it? Right. Sure. Um, because you don't. Because no, there's a difference true. between complacency and engagement. Right. And, right. and it's not what's best for kids. And so even if you make a move and start thinking, hmm, how, how can I make this a little more accessible where I don't have to own it all? Yep. And you're already on the right track. Right. So even if it's crashing and burning in Maine at how do you know they were getting it before? Right. How do you know? And how right. are we trying to quantify <laughs> yeah. something that's so abstract? Exactly. Knowledge. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's so tough to figure out if a kid actually, I, I mean, you, you could take, take any kid that's gotten straight A's their whole life and I'll bet you 50 bucks. They're just really good at remembering things as mm -hmm. opposed to actually getting something from the material. You know what I mean? Especially based on some of the tests that we give and you know, it, to, to actually diagnose whether or not a kid or be able to crack open actually took something from the lesson is much more difficult. So I think the personalized learning helps with that because you're, you know, instead of maybe just a 25 question test, you're giving them a project and maybe even allowing them to choose what right, the project choices. is going to be to demonstrate the learning. And right. the, the blended learning, at least for me, gives me the time to sit with individual kids. And mm -hmm. that's the other thing, the extra time that I find that I have now 
because there's always a portion where the kids are busy doing something else that I can go to a kid that I know is struggling or even one that I don't know is struggling. You kind of find out through a brief conversation. Um, I love the fact that you see, you walk around the building and you see teachers yeah. in those small groups, right. you know, right. maybe there's three or yep. four stations in the classroom and you have a teacher that's working with eight students. Right. That's huge <clears throat> to, to be, you know, to narrow it down to just those students and they feel, you know, they right. are not feel that they're getting that attention, but they are getting that attention. And then a new group comes in and gets that same um, you know, passion from the teacher. So I don't know. I love seeing around the and building. The pace I find commands learning. Like it, it almost like demands you Ooh. to pay attention. Mm. You know what I mean? If you have eight minutes to do something, you know, you, you probably you gotta get you it gotta done. Get it right. done, yeah. right? You get, and, and if you're one of those kids that doesn't get it done, well, Hey, that's, that's, it's your homework tonight. You got to get this done tonight. You right. can get it done now in this in this setting, or you can get it done by yourself at home. Which one's easier, kind of deal? Yeah. Um, so sure, goof off. Talk yeah, to right. Your yeah, the whole time. right. Right. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's right. funny because I have kids that do that now in mine, and I, I basically I don't even know what it would even be called. I guess station rotation. Like there's, I'm like such. I do all different. I remember yeah, the yeah. flex model. Yeah, yeah. I don't the, read, yeah. but I watch YouTube videos, and I'm all <laughs> over the place when it comes to blended <laughs> learning. Um, but you know, it it. You, let's say kid wants to goof off today. That's fine. But don't forget, you're going to have to do it at some point. So um, you can either work with the group now. You can work with the individual, you know, by yourself now, make your independent project now. But you got to get it done. And I think the blended learning really does put an emphasis on staying on task. And, and it's always something different. So, you know, I, I am the, your poster child growing up for ADD and <laughs> like sitting there in class, I'd be bored to tears. And you're sitting there like, oh, I got to do this again and again. But the blend to learn the stations, just keep it fresh and keep it moving and keep it new. And it right. really does make a huge difference in the classroom. Yeah. I can't, I, I've said this for, since I did Highlander, I, I can't speak highly enough about the way blended learning works and the impact I see that it makes on the kids in the classroom. The kids really do buy into it. They really do enjoy it. And yeah. it's just a good thing all around, I think. And so you're, you're doing fun things with student voices here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We the, the kids for us are, are doing, you know, they're making podcasts. I let them go around with the tripods and video equipment and I've got videos and, videoing yeah. their math problems with a GoPro on yeah. their head so they can help another student <laughs> right, kind of flip the classroom yeah, and yeah. hey, here's the way I do it. So it's kind of neat. They're having fun with it. But no, we're we're happy to have you here and I know all of us, teachers, students, right. um, it's been a huge thing um, having Highlander Institute in that. It does make a huge I, I think it makes a big difference. And I'm glad we were able to I've, I've said this every time we go to a conference or whatever, Dartmouth always seems to be, if we're not already there, we're trending there. We're, right. we're on the right track. So right. Um, all the years I've been here, I can't say enough positive things. We've always had a lot of backup when it comes to, you know, support to try and do things. And we've always had a lot of support from, uh, you know, our, our administration, yeah. both at the tippity top all the way down to, you know, whoever else can, can kind of help you out. So it's, it's been a really good experience, I think. And I think the kids are really buying into it. Yeah. Hey, on another note, <clears throat> I heard you are also a podcaster. I am. That's I am awesome. A podcaster. So I, tell I, us a little bit about your your channel and your experience. Well, a lot of parallels here. I have my own co-host, Nick, yep. Nick Donardo. Not so, this Nick, a different yeah. Nick. <laughs> um, and we talk about um, our, our goal in our podcast is to, to kind of carve out actionable steps for teachers. So the way it began was... Um, you know, when I go into coaching situations, a lot of my resources that I hand out are slide decks and mm -hmm. Google Docs and things that live, um, you know, either in physical handout or on the internet. But, you know, I preach a lot of multiple modalities and, you know, we gotta, sure. you got to reach right. people in a variety of ways. Yep. And so I practice what about, you preach. Practice right. Yeah, you got to practice what you preach. Yeah. And uh, Nick jumped on it with me and you know, we try to do these 15 minute quick hit episodes on the that. Be Education podcast where we define a problem or a term. Yeah. We talk about what that means and what it could look like. And then we talk about something you can do about it. So that's great. We've, we've tackled things from, you know, how to make homework meaningful to classroom uh, management versus classroom culture. Absolutely. Uh, and then um, Sean Rubin and Kathy Sanford just wrote a book, The Pathways 
our Pathways book, Pathways yeah. Personalization, and we've been doing some targeted episodes Seen that around on that. Twitter. Nice, very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it, it's been really fun and a little nerve wracking for me because you know I, they literally wrote the book and I'm supposed to kind of challenge them right. around it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's been a really good dive into like what does it mean to be a lead change yeah. agent? What does it mean to be an early adopter? And how do you do right. some of those? Like how do you how do you manage your human capital to to make these big changes right. um, that are ultimately our goal? So that's excellent. Right. It's really fun. I'm not going to read it, but they can make a YouTube video for me. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can listen to some of our podcasts. I'll just listen to the too. podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be so much easier. Reading. So tell things. us your channel. Yeah. Uh, it's the Be Education Podcast, and it's on um, all like the major. It's on. It's on. Um, I almost said YouTube. iTunes. It's on iTunes. Yep. Um, Nice. And it's, yeah, we have our, we have our own site. Um, I can awesome. share it with you for any show notes you guys post. Yeah. We'll put it in the, uh, in the notes. That's yeah. excellent. Very excellent. Cool. Always help, always helpful to get, um, new topics to talk about. So if you guys yeah. have any ideas. Awesome. Oh, I'm happening. sure we could come up with something. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, we're happy that you're here today. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks Thank you so much for it. having me. Thank you. So adding to our Blended Learning Podcast, we have Associate Principal Carl Robidoux with us, who has uh, kind of been, I, I would say, our building leader as far as it comes uh, yeah. to Blended Learning. Someone that's been involved from the beginning, um, kind of got people motivated to be involved in it and uh, guided us along the way. So welcome to the podcast, Carl. Welcome. Well, welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> glad to work with you all. It's glad to see uh, Nick and Helen have been a nice job in uh, working with us and getting this program started. And uh, you were in the first cohorts, I believe. We were. Yeah. We both were. That's right. Temple yeah. kind of jumped from, so. from cohort to cohort. I was in the, the uh, what was I in the eighth grade one? I was in the eighth grade. No, eighth grade. that's a lie. Social studies one. It yes. wasn't by grade level. Social studies. So. Right. Absolutely. So, so what we're talking about is the Highlander. You know, right. we've had Christina on to talk about Highlander, mm -hmm. but Carl, as an administrator in the, in the building and being involved in this, um, kind of give us a overall how it came about and you know, what were your thoughts and goals when you found out this was going to happen? Well, first I thought, what is this? <laughs> uh, you both went to the summer workshop mm -hmm. and, you know, they talked about this thing called blended learning and we're all sitting there saying, all right, what is this yeah, blended correct. learning? And then <laughs> right. uh, I had to kind of figure out what is, what does this mean for us? Um, so, you know, you and I both went to that summer workshop. Mm -hmm. It was nice of the district to, to sponsor this group out of Rhode Island. And then, uh, both of you also then got to meet Michael last year and then yeah. Christina last year, who did a fantastic job working with our teachers. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, at first I was excited and skeptical all at the same time. But then uh, I then put out an email saying, do I have any staff that are interested? And then I got 12 staff in there. And then my plan was. I don't want to eliminate. I got 12 right. people that are interested in right. this, how yep. I can make that work. And then we have a six period day and I'm like, all right, I can get a group of people to meet with Highlander for two periods right. a day. And you know, periods one, two, you know, we sure. can all, we can yeah. all do the, yep. we can all do the math out there. Um, so then I got 12 people involved in this process. Was that a surprise to you to have the 12? I, yes. Right and away? No, I think, as, as we talked about, I think it's we got 12 this year and then we got 18 the next year right. based upon the work that those 12 did That's uh, the previous year. But I I think it's more I'm I'm proud of the example that it, it set for us. I mean, that says a lot about our culture that I get 12 people who want to volunteer. And I think the nice the selling point, too, was with the two periods I was thinking Teachers don't like to be out of their classroom. Right. Right. So if I said right. to somebody, you're going to miss a whole day, that didn't work either. Right. So that when was I was something. making this decision, I, I know teachers hate missing their class. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I hated being absent. It's more work right. being absent right. than, anything than else. it is <laughs> making the plans being, being the plan. Right. Right. You know, and, it's, and, and the kids don't always get the same delivery of lesson when you're right. in there, which would hopefully make End sense. End up reteaching and all yes, that jazz. And all yeah. that. So that, that was kind of the process there. Then we got into it. Um, and what was nice, I mean, the first, this, this first year, you guys did it for 14 mm -hmm. sessions, sessions over the whole yeah. year. Right. Um, which I think was necessary because it was new to us. Right. We needed to be there. But what was nice was when I had you do the training for the other teachers midway through the year, you know, and you all led workshops yep. for three different groups. And then, 
teachers were able to develop during our, we have those February, March, April, May PD mm -hmm. days where teachers then, each, each curriculum area across all grade levels then created blended learning lessons. Right. So, yeah, I think that was a nice part where you would get to share what we had learned yeah. with the rest of the group. And I think everyone, you know, could then see, oh, all right, that's what they've been doing. And it's kind of like when we say students can out. teach the students the best. I think sometimes teachers can teach the teachers, teachers the best. Because right. right. you can see that, okay, this isn't just something that, you know, sometimes it's a little tough to have a speaker come in and kind of tell you, oh, no, this is, this is what works, I promise you. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it'd be nice to have a teacher say, no, I've done it, and it's not more work for you. There's a little bit of a learning curve, but we can do this and stick together. And, and I think that's a really positive experience for the building when that kind of stuff goes on. And it was two parts, like what is blended learning? You know, right. Everybody now knows what flex model is and right. station. But then it was also, right. hey, if you guys are good at Google Classroom right. and Screencastify, and I, I, I can't recall the other, the third Hyperdox one. Hyperdocs, informative, right. all yeah. that. So, yep, so we did a two-tiered one. One yep. was these are the tools. You got this tool in front of you, but these are the tools that you then need right. to help you be productive right. within the classroom. So now I would say a good, most of the majority of our teachers are on Google Classroom. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, as you say, going beyond posting homework. Right. The, you know, the internet <laughs> is more no longer it. for posting homework. It's actually for creating scaffolded lessons yeah. and, uh, and you know, giving kids directed assignments and being able to give feedback online, which is, right. you know, you've all experienced that. I mean, especially Nick within your classroom, yeah. you've seen the benefits of and, and I can, I can yeah. really see, I had to break down and print out some packets right. today <laughs> just for organizational purposes yeah. for the kids. But right. I, I've noticed like with, you know, blended, usually blended learning is kind of like um, kind of teamed up. It's like peanut butter and jelly with personalized learning. So right. they're always kind of together. And I've noticed that in the past couple, you know, years, and especially since we've been doing the blended learning, like we've really moved in. I keep on hitting my mic. We I really moved into that personalized learning mm -hmm. uh, type thing. And it's not just every kid's coming in for this is the assignment we're doing and there's nothing else you can do. Every kid that comes in, you know, you might have a individual assignment for one particular student that they're going to do. You know, they might watch a different video because it's a little bit easier for them to understand that video and versus I, that yeah. blanket kind of lesson like you used to see probably 10, hmm. 15 years ago, something like that. And I one. think on top of that, it hasn't interrupted the day for right. students or teachers. Right. But you can still offer that. Well, it's like the tap. Remember, the, you know, I remember when I first started teaching to to get a student's attention, it, the big thing was not to call the kid out in front of the class. So you'd walk by and you kind of give a gentle tap on tap their desk on to draw their, their attention. It's just kind of like a tap. Like, you, you know, you might not get it, but here's a video you can watch. All the kids are on Chromebooks at this point. Nobody's noticing you're watching a different one. It's kind right. of like you're that silent. Right. Yeah. We're not putting you on the spot. We're not doing anything. It's really just this is what you need at this moment. And, and, and the kids are pretty receptive. The other cell was telling teachers, you know, you tell them, oh, I'm going to do blended learning lessons. They're thinking, oh, i got to create a whole new right. lessons. <laughs> right. What I do, the, the halfway through this, about a quarter of the way through, more of a quarter of the way through this, I told them, take the lessons you have and redesign them. Right. That took a lot of weight off yeah. their shoulders because yes. they always think it's more work. Right. You put them into yeah, something. You're reinventing the right. wheel. So yeah. it's a matter of Great. reworking and not working. And then the other aha that I had that you, you, you touched upon, Nick, is that kids are now ending in different places. Right. So you teach a lesson saying, this is where I want everybody to get. But right. as you know, before technology and scaffolding, it was tough to get kids to take the lesson yeah. beyond. Yeah. And you were just saying, if I could get everybody here by the end of the lesson, right. that's where we're ending. Now kids are getting there, but then they're also going beyond. Right. But it's not affecting where everybody else is at least getting to. So I right. called it, you know, ending in different places. Yep. You can now plan for kids ending in different places. Which is a great and, right. and that's a really powerful because I, I, as a kid, I could imagine there's nothing, probably no worse feeling than being the guy that's like holding people back. And, right. You know, 10, 15 years ago. Oh, you, you didn't get it done. Hold on. And you got to go back over. And that one kid's like, oh, God, this is terrible. But and with like the blended learning. Questions. Yeah, right. And then you're just like, no, I know, I know I'm it. Done. I was kidding right. when I said I didn't know. So I think kind of that blended learning in the classroom now really, it, it gets kids to where they need to be at yeah. that moment. And, and then we, they all, we all have good intentions. Right. I think we just were being unintentionally limiting. Right, exactly. And what yep. we were trying to do, but we didn't have the tools to do it. Right. In uh, all this, I said, I've always reminded us that the key to technology is how is it going to improve student learning right. and how is it going to make us more productive right. and efficient. I mean, that's 
That's the bottom line. You can, so when you know, whenever you bring ideas to me, that's usually right. what I say yeah, to both sure. of you. Here's the filter. If you're telling me that teachers can communicate better and we're more productive, I'm right. in. Sold. Right. You know? Uh, are you telling me it's fun and interesting? Not sold. Yeah. Any little bit If it's going to make it more real world and relevant, sold. sold yeah. You know, kids are going to, you know. I mean, our writing scores last year in MCAS, I mean, the kids are writing more. Oh, um, yeah. Our scores were astronomical. I mean, to be that far above the state was just tremendous proof and very, I know, it was nice to share that with the staff in right. September. No, that's say, a good. We focused on this. We improved student writing. Yeah. Uh, by one, their stamina, doing more writing, doing it on computer, but the, the fact that teachers could give them feedback right, right away, right they could away. get feedback from their peers. So the yeah. quantity and the quality of writing went up, and then you saw the results on the MCAS, right. which were just incredible. So that, is that, that, that was something else that I wanted to ask you. You can tell just by our conversation how it's impacted the students, but you just kind of tapped into how it impacts the teachers as well. They are, you know, the time that they have now to spend Mm -hmm. you know, doing other things. And yeah. do you see that throughout the building, you know, just the impact that it's actually made. And I see teachers out, out in their hallways and having uh, conferences now, you know, and, right. and things like that weren't, you know, the time to find, to do that. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, the next initiative we're talking about, this is the district as part of this, uh, you know, innovation network. And, yeah. I call it teaching without borders. I just think it's it's technology has helped eliminate borders. No, hundred percent. Eliminating borders, as yeah. you know, being it. a former history teacher, right. you know, is a good thing and a bad thing. But you can actually now have kids collaborate with other kids that necessarily aren't in that classroom. Mm -hmm. you're, you're collaborating with teachers not necessarily in the state, right? Not right. in this building, and so that that borderless teaching, yeah, is kind of exciting, mm -hmm. but. What we're learning on the social media side is there's no borders coming into you either. And you need, <laughs> right. better, you need better filters. You need some filters. You need better filters. Right. And so it's a different skill set that yeah. we're, we're trying to get these kids. So it's, a, it's exciting. It's all, every new tool. It's a new tool. That's right. what we got to say. We, we have to have that filter on. Is, yeah. is it going to improve learning and protect you know, our productivity? So that's right. the key. Well, I know the teachers in the building. I can tell they appreciate you know what we've been able to do with the, the Highlander and change a few things. Well, and it, and with the, you know, whenever we change, because we always, you know, I've always used to joke when, I mean, I've been teaching for 12 years now and there must be 25 different ways in those 12 years that we're supposed to teach the kids. It's best for the kids, but blended learning is truthfully the only one I've ever seen the kids positively respond to. Um, and teachers. And teachers, too. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's easy for the kids, and it's easy for, you know, especially like a new teacher coming and someone in like their first three or four years, you throw something like blended learning, they're like, yeah, whatever, because they've never really done, they haven't been doing this for 50, oh, God, but this is the way I've always done it. Or So it's an easy thing, but when I see teachers who have been teaching for 20, 25 years and who are part of a group that would normally be, I'll, I'll use the word reluctant, <laughs> to, to, you know, I, you know I, I, I've always, yeah, you know, yeah. social studies teachers, we never had like the MCAS, so I would always jump in both feet first. I'll try whatever you want me to try. But for someone that's concerned about, you know, test scores, things like that, sometimes dipping a toe in is a little bit, you know, it can be scary for them. But I've seen positive responses from teachers and students throughout the building. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and at the very least, the, the kids are learning, but they're getting other skills while they're doing it too. It's not, it's, it, there's a huge group work and teamwork aspect of blended learning. There's a tech aspect that the kids are getting used to and they're practicing constantly with blended learning. You know, there's an individual component or the independent research kind of thing that they have to get done on their own. And then they can come back together and share what they've done. So there's those, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's the only one that I've ever, I bought into hundred percent to all of them as they kind of come up and you try them, but this is the only one I've ever seen like, you know, students as well as the teachers kind of buy in and get on board the students enjoy it you can tell and i think the teachers do as well, well there's certain truths in, in education and in life and that ownership and choice is the most motivating thing right. and that'll never change right. and so yep. this is yep. facilitated more ownership and choice oh yeah definitely. And, but i also had to say that the only people in the building in that, that the only people that in the building that are taking risks can't just be the children right exactly. it has to be <laughs> right. the staff right you know what I'm saying? Because yep. right. kids will take a risk. Right. But to get our staff, it says a lot about our culture here that I got 30 people that were willing to take a risk mm -hmm. to change. Uh, 
And the, the tough part of change is here I am competent. I have to become incompetent at something, for you lack of better words, new, to right. learn something new. Unlearning is tougher than learning. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I always it's tell not the, a bad thing, right. but it's a necessary. It's a good it's a thing, necessary. I think, every once in a while. Because um, I always tell the kids, you know, sometimes, you know, you look at a kid and you'll say, like, like, why don't you get this? But it's because, well, I've been teaching it for so long and I learned it. 30 years ago. And so I, I forget, you know, teachers, I think sometimes forget what it's like to learn something for the first time. So I think when something, when a system like this comes into play and you relearn it, it kind of gives you a new appreciation for doing something from the beginning. Um, Cause that's a tough, that's a terrifying thing for a kid. I can't imagine yeah. having right. to learn some of this stuff. And, Absolutely. You know, so yeah. it's, so it's in, a really cool thing. In bottom line, it's, it's been transformative, yep. but like I said a lot of that has to do with the people here. So I just think that's the, the message of blended learning. It's a great strategy. We've made it work for us because right. personalized can mean a lot of things. So we've personalized, personalized learning for yeah. ourselves right. and uh, we're excited. I mean, the new one-to-one initiative that we're yeah, launching today great. and our eighth graders are getting all the Chromebooks, which is allowing our teachers, all the other teachers have one Chromebook to the other because this wouldn't work. I could take it to a Brendan Learn workshop and then you go home and you got pencil and paper right. in your classroom. <laughs> right. So right. every teacher in this blending, building yeah. now has access to 15 Chromebooks every day every if they day. wanted. And so that's, we thank the district for their support right. with Highlander. We thank the Highlander, Christina and Mike, who've been great. Phenomenal. So it's been a lot. It's been a perfect storm between the district support, between Highlander support, and then the building being welcoming right? right you know i mean that's so yeah it's been a nice process and yeah. uh, we've been here and i i look forward to to where we're heading which right. you got to be comfortable we don't know yep but i'm right. excited about the journey and the process and culture trumps everything so yeah i agree i think we as long as we keep our learning and the learning piece and the productivity piece so we got our compass points and yeah hopefully it'll it'll lead us in the right direction so, forward yeah, yeah absolutely so, thanks for letting me share sure, i appreciate it. thanks for coming out we appreciate right. it absolutely yes. all right so today we have with us lisa keen my former block mate uh up on the second floor here at dartmouth middle school she teaches math um, she's been doing it for a while. So, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast, Lisa. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So, um, we'll start with this. We've heard other views about, um, blended learning, but we really wanted to get a teacher's perspective about implementing it, setting up your classroom, all the different things that happen with that. How about we start with your classroom first, um, and you. So how can you get us an idea how long you've actually been teaching? I've been teaching for nine years, all here at Dartmouth Middle School, uh, mostly in eighth grade. I did a couple years in seventh grade as well. Nice. And how do you think it's different from like when you first began? Because we taught for a long time together. I know that, uh, you know, we used to share ideas and, and I'd bring things from social studies. You were doing the math and vice versa. How do you think it's different from uh, when you first started teaching it? Well, I feel like the blended learning is a better fit for today's students. Mm-hmm. Um, they like the act the activities and lessons that include small group teacher instruction, technology, some peer-to-peer collaboration in the format fits better with their, uh, fits better with their active, you know, learning than the traditional classroom. In the traditional classroom, it used to be very passive. I would present the information and then they'd receive the information in the More like lecture style. Right, right, right. right. So in blended learning, it's more active. They're moving around. They're going from station to station. They're also being exposed to different types of ways to learn the material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about um, different styles, like setting up your classroom? Does it always look the same? Is it? Do you move your furniture around? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have actually given up on seating charts because I move my furniture just about every day. Mm-hmm. And I use, you know, I change the room according to what activities I have planned for the day. Sometimes I have three stations set up where the kids are rotating with the teacher-led um, a technology and then some sort of peer collaboration. Mm-hmm. Other days I set up the room so I have two larger groups because I want them to spend more time on an activity. So depending on the flexibility of, of what's happening that day, I can set up my room accordingly. And I like that about blended learning. Right. I mean, it's like a moving, it's a moving specimen. It's moving all the time. Yeah. 
and the kids are more engaged in that as well. I think it probably keeps awesome. them on their toes too. Yeah. Exactly. You know, awesome. like, okay, what is she going to do today? Right. Yep. So, true. so now do you, do you find you use blended learning every day or there's still some traditional kind of like chalk and talk where you just kind of stand up and present? I, I practice blended learning on most days, um, either in station rotation or through a flipped classroom model, yep. which we can talk about a little yeah, bit. Absolutely. So um, either, you know, there are some times when I go back to the t- traditional as well. I really base it day by day and... It's about being flexible, though, yeah. and I adapt my classroom accordingly to whatever I need for that day. But definitely tra- tra- traditional classroom is always on the play, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think some people think that they lose a little bit of them, you know, if they're teaching. And I don't want to say having that control over your classroom. That's a good word for it, though, yeah. I think that's kind yeah. of what if you haven't done it before, that maybe is the feeling that you're going to get. But it just gives you one more tool in your toolbox. Right. It really does. Oh, the toolbox. We've been hearing about it right (laughs) for years. The teacher toolbox. It's so true though. Yeah. So how about the blended learning itself? Has it allowed you to do other things that you weren't able to do before? So, you know, lecture style, there's no... You know, you've got to pay attention only because you've even the classroom management, you know, you're in front of the classroom, right. you're rolling out your lesson plan. You, you know, that to me was the original and traditional classroom, yeah. but now it's different. So does it allow you as a teacher to do other things? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest benefits I've seen is through differentiation. Yeah. I'm able to not only just give one worksheet for every student, I can take different worksheets at different levels and assign them to different groups. And that's that's something that I realized throughout the process, that each group can be differentiated and scaffolded to their own needs. So my high learners can get challenging problems, right. whereas there's other students that need more practice at the current level, and I'm able to do that as well. Um, so throughout the process, I learned I don't have to give the same work to everybody. I can differentiate and that, that way. And the difference here, yeah. yeah. I have such yeah, a problem saying that word, but <laughs> the, the D word you just used, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's like, I feel like that's the challenge for every teacher is, is trying to meet the needs of every kid. Right. And, and in my experience with the blended learning, and even when I did it upstairs, when I was still teaching social studies, you really can reach every student because you can you can kind of alter the activities as they kind of go around. And even yeah. if you can't alter an activity, you know, you'll have time to spend because kids yeah. will be busy doing other things and getting work completed. The kids that can, you know, the way I always set it up is my teacher led station. I always start with my group that I, I have a feeling might struggle with the material. And then, you know, you go all the way down to the independent station. That's where I put my highest flyers because they probably don't need as much help. So you right. really can yeah. reach every kid with, with, with the blended learning in the classroom. It does seem to work. Um, there's some days where I'm not part of a group either, and I rotate amongst all three. Right, so I right. can check for understanding in all three areas that I'm working on. Yeah. And that works out well, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I've seen a lot of teachers now, even with the ability to get and and have student conferences, mm-hmm. which is great. Everybody's active and doing their right. thing, and yep. the teacher can take that time to do the one-on-one within the whole class period, you can, you know, touch base with all the students. So yeah, that's pretty neat. No, that's great. Yeah. Lisa, you spoke about flipped classroom. Yeah. Can you maybe describe it a little bit and then how do you use it in your classroom? Yeah. So instead of a lecture, I record a five to 10 minute video and the students either watch it at home for homework or they'll watch it as part of the technology station Mm -hmm. through their rotations. And if they do it for homework, what I'll have is one of my stations will be um, kind of a debrief of the video as well as a chance for me to check for their understanding is in them to ask questions. I find that in the smaller group, they're more apt to ask questions. And through that, I've seen a better understanding of the content. No, wow. that's pretty neat. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I used to just do that in mind for notes because I just hated taking yeah. notes in class. So I just would record notes videos and yep. be like, just do this for homework. We're not going to do it tomorrow. And you just have the kids come in already prepared with that. Yeah. And, and for it, me, I think I did it as a science teacher. Yeah. I 
needed that 10 minutes, instead of taking the 10 minutes in the beginning of right. the class mm-hmm. to describe the procedure and a, an experiment, no, let, you know, watch it or, or read it at home. Well, it's like doing a worksheet. Like yeah. it's, it's right. in a large group. It doesn't really make a ton of sense to be sitting there and going over because you're not going to have every kid on the same page anyways. It's going to be that kid that's way behind. It's going to be the kid that's way ahead. So the flipped classroom, giving them, giving them that prior knowledge really makes a huge difference when they walk in. Yeah. It increases their confidence, right. which right. we get better oh, conversations in Much, the classroom sure. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I use it also as a tool at the end of the unit to tell them to go back to the videos, review the content. This will help you if you're still struggling. Yep. So it becomes idea. like a tutorial right. as well. Go back and do it again. Just right. go look at it again. Yep. Exactly. And what a great think, idea. You know, Nikki, mentioned the worksheet what would what do you think a student is going to want to do go home and read that worksheet or just watch this video yeah i mean they're they're technology kids you know and um not to say that the worksheet's done away with we have that option as well but it there's another choice and even that takes you know so the traditional worksheet now you can do it in class in a large group setting you're not catching 50 kids in the morning, doing them in homeroom because they didn't do it for <laughs> right. homework the night before. Right. And because I mean, let's be honest, that's primarily yeah, what they're going to do. They they're going to, ah, mm-hmm. I'll just do this tomorrow. It's going to take me 10 minutes. You see them in homeroom doing it. So those, those, you can give them much more enriching yes. assignments I agree. because they already have the prior knowledge and they're not doing that kind of, I don't want to say, I hesitate to use the word busy work, but it's like that, that ticky tack stuff, that low level kind of drill and kill. Like mm-hmm. you can do it together five minutes in class and move on and get into the more enriching activities. Right. Yep. And know? the other thing is having, it's your voice. Yes. Right. So you're yes. the one that's recording it. Yep. Right. So just to have that consistency right. on, you know, some people prefer to hear a Khan Academy, mm-hmm. not my favorite voice. I, <laughs> I enjoy the videos, but to, you know, as a student, just to hear your own teacher's voice and, um, you know, you're used to it and right. you can understand it, the language. So, right. That's awesome. And, and you'll it, be way ahead of the game if we ever do that uh, flipped classroom snow day thing. Right. So you have to yes. Working. Right. Yes. You're already way ahead That's of the right. game. Absolutely. <laughs> Alternative to the snow That's days. True. That's Excellent. True. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you were here um, to great. hear it and see it. You know, people out there might not understand the blended learning and how it's implemented. So hearing it from <clears> a teacher and who's doing it firsthand is always good. Well, and I always, you know, when, when, I said we should have Lisa on. My idea was because it's math. And, like, I know as a kid, I hated math. Like, I was helping my daughter with her first grade homework the other day, and I thought I was going to have, like, an anxiety attack because I had no (laughs) idea what was going on. It's first grade math, right? So, but, you know, in a subject like math, like, a kid like me would have really benefited from this non-traditional approach because I would have been active. I would have – all the stuff that I would have needed to – to get done in class, I could have gotten done because I, I would have been moving. You're and, less vulnerable, right? you know, yeah, and especially when you're working in a group, there's something to be said about working with other kids and like-minded people. And you know, you might have a kid that's way ahead of you, but you know, the kids can teach the other kids better sometimes than we can. So having them all kind of work together, it's it's a really great thing. I hear lots of comments like, "I've never had such." fun in math right, before. I know. I'm oh, that's yeah, right. It's good. Yeah. And the class goes by so much quicker. Right. Engaging the students is just beneficial for everyone. It's been a good thing in well, my classroom. And I've and even you know in your classroom and in other classrooms, like you very in, in the twelve years I've been teaching, I very rarely ever see kids, you have to be like, all right, you gotta stop working. And with the blended learning, you're like, oh, all right, yeah. guys, the we bell, gotta stop. I'm like, yeah, but I'm ring. almost yep. done. And, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, no, yeah. we gotta clean up. Like yeah. that that's never happened. The yeah. past two years, it's been it's no been quite a change. The clock. No, because no, they're always you know, busy. They're moving, they're shaking, they're right. doing something. It's just what so. they love. So. It's the way they learn. It is. It is most certainly the way mm-hmm. they learn. And right. it's it's nice because the blended learning, I think sometimes people can get stuck in a rut where they just say, Well, stick them in front of a computer, and that's what it is. And it's like that's not necessarily blended learning portion of it. Is but you know, because you don't want that you don't want it to turn into like just like a, a twenty minute YouTube session where they're just sitting there staring at something. Right. You know what I mean, no, so it's not the the either. active movement and the active learning and the engagement it, it really does play a huge part of of this style of, of blended learning that we're using at the middle school and, and throughout the district. So it's it's been a really positive experience, I think, and 
again, you got kids excited about math. Like that's saying exactly. something. Exactly. Right. They dreaded math. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and right around the corner, the eighth grade will have their own Chromebooks. Yes. So right. The one-to-one coming, one coming up on Thursday. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So thank you for being here. Yeah, we thank appreciate you, you giving us your time, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So for those of you that stayed with us the whole 57, 58 minutes, whatever this was, thank you. Right. And, uh, you know, we hope you get a better understanding of personalized learning. We hope you're able to kind of see it from a different perspective or if you're hearing about it for the first time, maybe you're, um, just kind of get a general idea. Yeah. Get a general idea in the building, you know, it's here and it's here to stay and, and, and it's definitely, forward. and it seems to be a big movement in education across the board. You know, I, I know we talked about masculine in an episode and in one of those, uh, well, not one of those, and basically all of those, personalized learning is kind of at the forefront. They right. might call it something different. Um, they might give it a different name or how it works for their school, but it's it's essentially blended in personalized learning. And I remember um, Mr. Robidoux saying it, we've kind of personalized the personalized learning right. to make it our own. Yeah, so. we kind of made it our own. So, so we hope you got a better understanding. Yeah, of and thank you once again for joining us, and we'll be back uh, probably in a week. Um, we're thinking about doing some new segments, maybe some, some things you might not things. know about your teachers or – Things we did maybe in a past life. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Temple was an assassin for a brief period. Uh, very scary, but still very cool to think about and talk about. So we'll delve into those kinds of things. You know, got some musicians, I'm sure some comedians, things like that. So uh, we'll be back in a week or so with that. And uh, again, thank you for joining us. And we hope you had a good time.